Okay, we're working through a series on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we started a couple weeks ago. Levi talked to us last week. We're going to continue. It. But I want to make sure, before we go any further, that you comprehend why we're doing this. That you get in your mind the motivation behind this series that we're doing. And the purpose of this class the reason we're doing it is so that you get your prayers answered. You want to get your prayers answered. Everybody good with that? Amen. You should be shouting. You say, yeah! <laughs> you kidding? That's what we want. That's what we want to get our prayers answered. We want that to happen. And uh, what Jesus said, you know, in Luke 11, this is the one I'm looking at today, and you can look there with me. At Luke 11, remember what happened. It came to pass that he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so here is the instruction from God, from Jesus, how you pray. And the purpose of it, he tells us, when we look down in verse 9, Ask, I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. And him that knocketh, it shall be opened. That is a blank check, my friend. You say to yourself, wow, think about that. Jesus said, I'm going to teach you how to pray. If you pray the way I teach you, then... You're going to ask and receive. You're going to seek for something, you're going to find it. And when it gets intense and you're willing to beat on the door, the door's going to be open. So he's not saying, well, you know, you pray and see what happens. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. And that is, by and large, the way we approach prayer. By and large, our attitude is usually, well, I'll pray and hope something good happens. That's usually how we think about prayer. And, and that's not the way he said. He, he said here, ask and receive. He didn't say ask and toss a coin. Maybe God will give it to you, maybe he won't. That's not what he said. He said ask and receive. So, say, well, that's quite a thing, Jesus. Said, yes, it is. However, he is saying to us, there are certain things in your prayers that need to be included in your prayer so when you are praying, when you are asking, uh, there's attitudes that you need to have and things that you need to be thinking about. And two weeks ago, we talked about how do you approach God? And he said, well, we call him our Father. And so part of the attitude when we pray is we're talking to a Father who wants to help us. He's inclined to help us. He intends to help us like a good Father. And then we pray, hallowed be thy name. We are to have an attitude that says we come cautiously. Uh, we come with a great deal of respect towards God. Just don't come in and say, hey, here's what I take. Shut, shut your mouth sometimes. Sometimes you need to be still and know that God is God. And just be very cautious and uh, be careful. Treat God with respect. When you pray, all right, he's not the man upstairs, not who he is. 
And so we need to be cautious and careful about our approach. And then the first request on the list, the one Levi talked about last week, thy kingdom come. Remember what Levi said. Jesus said, don't, when somebody says the kingdom's over here, kingdom's over there, he said, don't look over here and over there. He said, the kingdom is inside of you. And so the kingdom is inside of us. So the first request when we're praying, the primary thought, first thing I'm going to say is thy kingdom come. All right, so you start with me. I want Jesus as my king. Right. When you say thy kingdom come, you start here. Jesus to be the king of my life. If you're going to say, well, I kind of things I want to do, and then things I want from you, and I've seen people with that attitude. There's things I want from God. Well, is he the king of your heart? No, but there's things I want. Well, if he's the king of your heart, then you're not praying right. Don't expect to get answered. Thy kingdom come is right here first. It's inside of you. And so if you're going to pray and get answered like Jesus said we can, you've got to start with that. Thy kingdom come. Number one, is he my king? Is he my king? All right, that's important. Number two, he ought to be king in your church. Jesus ought to be the king here. The kingdom should come here. Number three, it is the primary thing that Jesus has in mind uh, is that he's king of as many hearts as he can. So there's an attitude first. We come to God and say, thy kingdom come. Is he king right here? First, if he's not, don't expect to get your prayers answered. Right? And we're going to ask God to come and bring the And I want to tell you <clears throat> that this really hits it on the head. You want to hit a home run. This is what you, you want to pray, thy kingdom come. When we started here in East Shelby, uh, we asked God to help us. And for eight months, I had the most exciting time in my whole life. Never have I seen anything like it before or since. It was the most exciting thing I ever saw. God answered prayers. And God himself said, before you call, I will answer. And while you're yet speaking, I will hear. And we experienced just amazing things here for the first eight months. And why did we do it? Because we're bringing the kingdom to East Shelby. It's coming here. We're going to open a spot for the kingdom here. And God said, that's the prayers I'm going to answer. If your primary objective is to bring the kingdom here, and this was an empty building. And it had been abandoned by the locals long before, 30 years before they closed the doors and said, that's it. And we said, we're going to get them open again. Why? To bring the kingdom. And God says, you want the kingdom? That's your desire. And your prayers say, thy kingdom come. I'm in. Let's go. And he just did amazing things. You've heard me tell some of the stories, but it was just fascinating. Thy kingdom come. And I mean, this was a dump. <laughs> it was literally 
literally a dump. It was all full of junk. We took 22 loads of junk just out of this room and that room. You know how much that is? <laughs> it was a dump, all right? Outside was a dump. Uh, there was 300 empty pallets stacked in the back, all full of rats. It was a dump here. And we come and said, God help us. And man, did he help us. I remember the inspector came. He said, what are you going to do with this? Well, I'm going to clean it up and open it. He said, okay, I'll help you all I can. But you've got to fix the wiring. It's really bad. And it had the old wire with cloth on the outside. How old is that, Brad? I don't know. Yeah, early 1900s. Really old, old stuff. When I got here, only one light worked, that one right there. Nothing else worked. So he said, you got to fix it. It's, it's ruined. you got to rewire the whole church. I said, okay. Went home that night. My father said, tell me what the inspector said. I went to see my father. And he's sitting on a porch with a friend of his. And he said, I, I said, well, so you got to rewire the whole church. The guy sitting next to him says, I'm an electrician. I'll do it for free. Prayer was answered before I asked. Before I asked, it was already answered. That happened over and over. I was working here the first day we worked here, first Saturday. And, you know, it would come up the driveway. It wasn't a driveway then, right? It was a little dirt and mud. A lot of mud, <laughs> a little dirt. And so there was half a dozen of us here working and trying to clean things. And this guy pulled in a driveway that somebody I'd known since I was a kid. I said, what are you doing? So we're going to open up as a church. He said, well, it's a muddy mess. I said, yeah, I know it is. He said, never mind, I'll draw stone all day. You'll have a driveway by the end of the day. And he drew stone all day. Had a driveway. Before you call, I'll answer. So if you want to do what God's saying, what Jesus is saying, you want to pray, you're willing to pray, thy kingdom come. That's what you want. I'll answer that prayer. We'll get that going for you right away. And so we say in our heart first, you're king of my life. Thy kingdom come right here first. Then you're ready to go on and get more things done. So uh, it is when it's your desire to spread out the kingdom, and God's right in it with you. Right? He's right there. He's going to answer that prayer. So, and let me ask you a question. <clears throat> How many prayer requests come in every Sunday? And I take a whole list of them every Sunday. How many prayer requests come in? What's the percentage of the requests come in that are for sickness? Almost 100%. Maybe 99%. Almost 100% of all prayer requests are for somebody that's sick or having some kind of issue. All right, so almost all of them every week are based on that. Very seldom does somebody say, I want the kingdom to come. Because we're not, our brains aren't wired that way. Right? And so you're saying, are you saying, Eric, we shouldn't ask for people who are sick? No. What did Jesus do when he met sickness? Healed it all over the place, right? Everywhere he went, he was healing people. And he's very concerned with sickness. 
But if you said to Jesus, what concerns you more? He'd say, well, the kingdom first. Kingdom first. Because when Jesus started preaching, his first sermons uh, were the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what John the Baptist had been preaching. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus started preaching and says, the kingdom of heaven is right here. It's arrived. It's here now. And that was the, the, the goal of his preaching in the beginning. And he started healing people along the way. Healing, I would say, is a mercy from God. Is there any example of people he didn't heal? Well, the most glaring example is he goes to Jerusalem and there's a pool called Bethesda. And all the sick people are gathered in there. Well, he could have stayed all day there. He walked into there and he saw the worst case, a man who hadn't walked in 38 years. And he said to him, you want to be well? And he said, yeah, but I can't get in the water. He said, come on, get up. And he got up and he went running out. But that's the only one he healed in that place that day. Because that was his choice. He's more interested in the kingdom. And so he healed that man because that man would go to the Jews and say, Jesus did it. <laughs> he seems to be in charge of things. He did it. All right. So the kingdom is, is the most important part. And if we have in our mind that I got other things I want from God, then you've got to get your first request. Jesus made the first request. Thy kingdom come. Now we go to the next part, which is thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. All right, so thy will be done. And he adds to it a special phrase, they wanted to pray that it goes on earth like it does in heaven. They wanted to pray that way. Thy kingdom come, they will. So uh, the question is that we're going to ask ourselves, if we're going to pray effectively and get our prayers answered, we're going to ask ourselves this question, what does God want done? Right? Thy will be done. So God wants something done. So in our prayers, we're saying, all right, is this something you want done? We've got to be thinking about that. Is this something you want done? Uh, what does God want done? Well, let's look at how it works, because I think there's a little instruction in this that we're not used to. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 18 there's a couple of cases in the Bible where we get to look right into heaven. Uh, there are prophets that God said, I'm going to show you what's going on in heaven. And so we got to look into heaven. And it's always fascinating when you look in heaven. So as we get these little views into heaven, Jesus said, Thy will be done just like it is in heaven. Well, how is it done in heaven? Well, here's how it's done. Second Chronicles 18 and verse number 18. And this is a prophet named Micaiah. 
And again, Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and his left hand. So he sees God on a throne surrounded with all the angels. And the Lord said, Who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? One spoke after this manner, another after that manner. Then came out a spirit, stood before the Lord, said, I will entice him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? He said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. The Lord said, Thou shalt entice him, thou shalt also prevail. Go out and do even so. So, uh, here... God says, I want something done. Here's what I want done. I want Ahab the king to fall and be destroyed in battle. So anybody got any ideas? You say, well, why would God say that? He knows. Well, if you know, do you know what God wants? And in heaven, he's asking the people or angels and spirits who are there Here's what I want done. Who's going to do it? And so uh, how will you do it? And one of them says, well, here's what I do. Another one says, here's what I do. And then someone comes up, well, I will go be a lying spirit in his false prophets. And he says, that, that'll work. All right. So how will you do it is the question. And he says, what God wants done, how are you going to do it? Now Isaiah chapter 6, another look into heaven. Isaiah chapter 6. <clears throat> Isaiah this time gets to look in heaven. We could spend hours on just these texts. Uh, but uh, we get these views into heaven. Isaiah looks into heaven. There's God and the angels flying over and worshiping. It's a pretty famous passage. And then verse number 8. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for me? And I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go, tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. See ye indeed, but perceive not. All right? And so God is looking for a volunteer. In heaven, he's saying, Who's going to go? I have a message I want to preach. Who's going to go? And I say, Isaiah says, Me. I want to go. And the next question, he says, what is it you want me to do? <laughs> so that's perfect. He wants your prayers answered. He says, yes, I'm willing. What do you want me to do? See, we all wait, right, and see if it's something we want to do first. Right? Well, is that something I want to do? No, that's not the question. God said, who's going to go? Do what? No, not do what. I'll go first. I volunteer for it. That's how it works in heaven. So God is sometimes looking for people who will say, here, God, I'm willing to do this. I'll tell you how I'll do it. And God's also looking for people who will volunteer. Say, yeah, here I am. I'm more than happy to go. And then there's some things. Look at Revelations chapter number 5. Last book in the Bible, Revelation chapter 5. We get another look into heaven. Revelation chapter 5. And verse 1. John the Revelator is looking up in heaven. See how they do things. I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within on the backside and sealed with seven seals. 
I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who's worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven or on earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open the book and read the book, neither to look therein. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals. So there's some things that God wants done that you can't do. Can't do. Only Jesus can do those things. I mean, who's going to open this book of prophecy and reveal the future? Nobody can do it. So don't cry, John. There's somebody that can do it. So there are some things, and when you say in heaven, how's things get done? Some things God can do, and we got to get those thoughts in our mind. There are some things uh, that only Jesus can do. All right? You cannot. And the first lesson preachers have to learn is that you don't have the power over the Holy Spirit. He got the power over you. You can walk in and think, I'm all prepared, and if the Spirit doesn't move the congregation, you got nothing. Believe me, I preach, I prepared for sermons, I think, man, this one is great, and get in here, and people are <laughs> right over their head. And you know you can't do it without God. So the first thing you say is, I'm doing my best here. I volunteer. I'm here to volunteer. I want to do this. I'm doing my best. But there's some things I can't do. You're going to have to do. And when the Spirit comes into the service, you almost can't make a mistake. You can. But you almost can't. I used to worry for years about what songs we sang. i got to find the perfect song. And you wonder, how do you know all them songs? Because I read them over and over and over and over looking for the perfect song. Because I think if the Holy Spirit will come if I get the perfect song. No, Holy Spirit comes when he decides to come. You can sing whatever. Open a book and pick one and sing it. He can override our inferiority and come in. And so, we're going to pray thy will be done in heaven. How's it go there? Well, God wants things done. He's asking for volunteers. He wants to see how you will serve him. And as he's doing that, uh, we're, we're trying to understand how things work in heaven. And that's the way we want them to work on earth. So, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how it goes in heaven. So how does it go for us down here? Well, I think the best way to view that is, uh, and the most direct way, is to say, all right, you want to know what God's will is. You want your prayers answered. So I'm going to pray God's will. I know what God wants. How do you find that out? Well, you go through the red letter edition Bible and read what Jesus said, and you'll keep finding these things. Uh, Take up your cross and follow me. That's something Jesus wants. So as you're praying for the will of God, Okay, that's, that's one thing. This is my commandment, he says, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's in the will of God, something he wants done. Jesus said, do this. You'll get your prayer answered. All right? 
Learn to love one another. Jesus said that's a primary thing. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're supposed to be involved somehow, some way, in preaching the gospel wherever we can. We have a little extension over to Africa. All right, goes over where Louis sends bottle money over to Africa. And the kingdom is being preached over there in average. Our job to find a way to reach farther than these walls. And the first person that came along and said, Eric, you've got to use the internet. And I said, I hate the internet. And yeah, but you can use it. And they were the first person, not me, the first person to kick the walls down. Now we can go outside the wall. And that has become a very valuable thing for us as we spread the kingdom farther. All right, and so that's the way God said, go into all the world, so we've got to find a way to do it. Uh, Jesus said, how many times should we forgive? Seventy times seven. Peter said, I think seven times is enough to forgive somebody. He said, no, let's make it 70 times that. That's 490 times if you're counting. <laughs> Point was, Jesus said, just forgive. Don't count. Just forgive. Now, that's what I want you to do. That's my will for you. Uh, Jesus said, who is your neighbor? And he told the story of the good Samaritan who came along and found the guy on the side of the road. And when he finished, he said, now you go do likewise. You do that. You find the person on the side of the road. You find the person. That, that's where my will will get done. Somebody that needs help, you will do it. And uh, man shall not live, Jesus said, by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so if you're going to survive as a Christian and to get your prayers answered, you're going to have to get your head in this book. And there's no way around it. There's no way around it. And I've seen churches, they, they got classes on self-esteem and classes. Never mind that. Don't do that. You've got enough classes here for the rest of your life. And my life and all the rest of everybody else's life. We're going to go in here and find it. Because Jesus said, this man is going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So you want to do the will of God. You want to get your prayers answered. Here's what you do to get your prayers answered. Take up your cross and love one another. Preach to all the world and forgive over and over. Those are the will of God for you. And so you say, God, I want your will to be done just like it happens in heaven where whatever he says goes. Let's make it like that down here. So when our thinking gets adjusted to that, you know, and then it's things for us to view the way we pray. God has jobs to do. And in the 1970s, they came out with a huge push on the gifts of the Spirit. And they said, well, there's 19 of them. We're going to learn all 19 of them. We're going to see where you plug in. Don't sit there. I watched people sit there for years scratching their head. I'm not sure what my gift is. Here's what you do. God says, I got some work to done. You like, Let's get the job done. <laughs> Go do the work and get it done. Go do the work and get, find a job and do it. And if that means somebody needs to sweep the floor after the service, I see people sweeping the floor. I have confidence in those people. 
They're going to get prayers answered because they're doing the will of God. God doesn't say, I'm just waiting for it to figure out what I'm supposed to do. No, God says, I got a job. Get the job done. Find something to do. God doesn't answer the prayer of lazy people. You're not going to answer. If you're not willing to get up and do what's got to be done, don't expect your prayers to be answered. He's not going to answer the prayers of lazy people. People get to heaven, you're going to work like a slave up there. You think you're going to go up there, <gasps> I got a recliner waiting for a doll. <laughs> Ain't no recliner up there. We're going to be busy working. And I've said, I think there's things going on in heaven. They're building a city up there that's going to come down to earth. And it's the size of half of Europe when we look at the dimensions given in the Bible. One city the size of half of Europe. And I think they're up there building it right now. And when the day comes, God says, okay, let's, let's bring that thing down. It's going to come down to earth, a city the size of Europe covered. They're busy. They're working up there. And I've always told you, I think that babies who die prematurely and babies who have been murdered prematurely are going to go up there and there's a nursery for them. And people like, I hope my mother and other people in front of her who have gone on ahead who know how to raise babies, know how to teach them right, are up there doing it. Because once you, you die at 12, you're 12 years old up there. Okay. You die at 100, you're 100 up there. You die as a baby, you're a baby up there. You've got to grow up, and God's taking care of that. So there's work to be done in heaven. People are going to do it. So nobody lazies up there. God will get that out of you right away. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Come on, you want to work? You're in heaven now. Let's go. They say, yeah, but my back hurts. Not anymore, don't. <laughs> Not anymore, don't. Yeah, but I get a pain. Not anymore, you don't. Come on, let's go. Time to work. So in heaven, that's how it is. And there's another people who don't get their prayers answered, and that's disobedient people. People who are going to say, thy will be done. I want in my prayers to bring the attitude out towards God. I want to do what you want done. And <clears throat> like Isaiah said, well, I don't know what it is. Well, volunteer first and then find out. And really, that's how it went with me. I was in a service in another church a long time ago, and the guy up front said, if you want to serve God, stand up now. And it was at the end of the service, and I was sitting in the back pew, and I stood up. And I said, God, I don't know what you want me to do, but whatever it is, I'm volunteering now to do it. I didn't know about each Shelby then. I didn't know anything about it. But I volunteered before I knew what to do. Right? So to get prayers answered, who gets their prayers answered? Number one, willing workers. Number two, obedient people. Obedient people. And number three, people who want the same thing that God wants. So that means we've got to adjust our thinking. All right, we got to adjust our thinking to get our prayers answered. So the kingdom is important. That's on God's list right on the top. Make sure right here is where the kingdom is. Make sure right here 
That's where the kingdom is. We're always praying for our church. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. We want this to be the, the center of the kingdom in this area. That's what we always add in our prayers. Thy kingdom come right here. That's what God wants. And so we're going to pray the way God wants and see how things are in heaven. God's looking for volunteers. God says, I need a job done. Who wants to do it? Volunteer to do it. And then there's some things we understand only Jesus can do. And so we don't say, I want to do that. No, we stand back and Jesus takes care of what he does. And he's really good at it. And there is no one who spreads the gospel more effectively than Jesus Christ. He's the one. And I have seen, I spent years of my life in programs, ideas that people had, we're going to fill our church. And I, we spent hours doing things, trying to fill our church. And I remember one was a huge amount of money and hours and hours of time, and we were in a phone bank, and we answered calls, and we did all kinds of stuff. We worked for hours and hours and months and months, and out of the whole thing, we got one person in church. Why? Because it was our effort, and we're not good at it. And I have found that God brings people in. He's preparing them out there somewhere. And if we do what we're supposed to do here and display it, that's what old-fashioned day is. It's us displaying who we are because there are people who are never going to come inside this church. Thy kingdom come says we're going to do what we can to display it. So on old-fashioned day, your smiling face is displaying out there what goes on in here, and then people come. We're at a point now where about, uh, last time I looked at this, like 85% of the people who attend this church came first to Old Fashioned Day. Ring a little bell. That works. Because God's preparing their hearts, and they come and they find something they're looking for, and they come in here. So uh, that's about getting prayers answered. Do you want what God wants? Do you want what he wants? Are you willing to work and do whatever job comes? Let's do what needs doing. That means grab a shovel sometimes, right? Yeah. That means wash the dishes sometimes, right? We all love dishwashing, don't we? I say, leave me out of the kitchen, but if I had to, I'd grab a pot. All right. Uh, And there were times... Never mind. I could, I'd never stop. I'd go on and never stop and explain to you how these things work. And so I, I'm out of time by more than enough. Thank you. Thank you.